This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing has been brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to ninjatackleva.com and take a look at all the great things that they have in store. Rods, they got them. The Ninja Dagger Series, seven footers all the way up to 12, and a great set of rods all the way in between. Maybe you need a reel. They got you covered. Accios all day. A couple other great ones in there. Maybe you're on the inshore side. Six cents rods. Can't go wrong. If you're into firearms, he's got you covered with Ninja Tactical. That's right. Optics, other add-ons, fun things. Go ahead and take a look at ninjatackleva.com and get yourself all set up and get a quick checkout and shipping. Thanks a lot, Ninja Tackle. I appreciate you as always. This week on Finding Demo Surf Fishing, changing it up on you. Actually, no guests. That's right. It's going to be me talking, which means this is probably going to be a short and sweet episode. So your drive-in or your fishing time, you're not going to have a whole bunch to hear from. But the good news is we're going to go over a lot of stuff. So I'm going to try to pack it all into this episode. Let's call it the state of the Finding Demo Surf Fishing podcast, if you will. The other side of that, too, is thank you. You all have made this thing amazing. I started this podcast a year ago, almost to the day. Uh, it's going to be October 1st, so a couple weeks early I'm releasing this. But that's all because of you that I am where I am, and I'm hoping that this has been helpful to you so far. So you're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. Always fun to start off the week like this. Well, I guess it's the end of the week, technically, because you're hearing this on a Friday. Well, everything has been going amazing for the podcast. I could not have asked for better guests, better contributors, all the shares that you all have done, all the knowledge that's been shared. It has been a huge win for everybody. Uh, I've been very fortunate in getting some feedback from a lot of you in the comments, some messages here and there talking about how certain ones have helped you out or some things have worked for you. Maybe this trick worked. Uh, maybe this bait worked. All of that has made this show that much better for me as a host because it tells me that I'm doing this right. Uh, the one thing I do know that is getting kind of bad is that I am getting longer in my shows, and uh, I know that's probably affecting a lot of things, but uh, I'm going to work on that. Y'all are welcome to make comments here. Uh, when you go back to the post or send me a message, for those of you who don't know, I'm very responsive to messages. Uh, I will respond to you, whether it's a question, comment, concern, I, I will find a way to get to you. But I kind of want to back it up a little bit. So the last time I did a Brian talking episode was uh, July 29th. It was all about the iCast episode. And to this day, I'm still sifting through all the iCast things, getting them put together, uh, getting them in use. And it's been a slow roll. Uh, the real reason of that is, one, the weather has been kind of rough here for us with a lot of grass and just summer fishing in general is always tough in this area for that very reason um on the other side of that too hey uh <laughs> we'll, we'll get a little real here uh battling through my own fun stuff from other times of my life you know got to get out of your own skin get out of your old head sometimes to kind of just get out and enjoy and it's really easy 
for me especially to crawl into my rat race of RV maintenance and just grinding away until all the other stuff just kind of passes. So when I don't have fishing available to me, that's kind of my normal thing is I'm going to grind really hard at whatever's going to keep my hands and my head busy. So I apologize for not having a ton of great fishing content for you, but we're going to talk about some of that here with the seasonal changes coming up and some stuff that I'm going to make some recommendations on. But like I said, I want to back it up here. So since iCast, we have talked with several great contributors. True Braid came on and talked about Braid. And the comments back and forth were really very positive. But on the same one, we had a lot of people mentioning like, oh, well, I use this brand. I use that brand. I am one to tell you right now, use whatever brand works for you. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can tell you all about every product that I use and that I like. But, you know, there's a product out there that somebody else likes. I just bring you what I know that's working for me. And then when you all tell me about the stuff that's working for you, I always try to hunt it down and try to find out who makes it and try to talk to them about it so we can learn from them and learn about their product more. All of that to me is important because it's the sharing platform. So we started with TrueBraid, and it was really helpful, really good knowledge right there. And I look forward to talking with Alex some more here in the near future because I know we will. We took our very first trip out to the West Coast and had a great conversation with Vincent of Battlestar Tackle out of California. And Vincent has, I mean, if you didn't hear the episode, real real good story, man. He, he's been trucking at it, and he's still doing good things since then. I've always, I still follow him on social media, and he's just been constantly grinding to get the lures in the water a, a better way or do a new rig a different way to become more effective and more deadly in the water I guess if it will he's still got his targets he wants to catch and he has been catching some serious fish the same note I started following a little bit closer on Battlestar Tackle uh, on social media lots of great catches were reported I mean we're talking uh, flounders some sharks, big uh, perch, lots of really cool catches there. So all the knowledge that Vince brought in about how he throws lures and the rigs that he did helped a couple people on the show, but it also helped me. I sucked at throwing lures in the surf. I still really do, if we're going to be honest. But I'm getting better. I, I take all the knowledge that these guys hand me and I put it into effect, and it's been helping me catch fish. So it's helping me catch fish. I can only imagine it's got to be helping you because I know I'm not the best angler in the world and I am okay with that. But take the knowledge you get, turn it, make it better, make it faster, and get those fish, right? So I'm extremely thankful for that episode. And Vince, I, if you're listening to this, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the contributions you did for me. After California, we uh, went over to Mississippi and got in a really different kind of fishing game. I mean, we did beach fishing, but we also talked about boat and kayak fishing. Uh, it wasn't something I was planning on doing that much here on my podcast, but in the same note, I am getting into kayak fishing a lot more. Uh, I'm getting more comfortable with my kayak. It will be out in the water a lot more here. I'll have a trailer soon, finally. But uh, Mississippi Salt and Salt Sippy really 
hammered home about a ton of great fishing out in Mississippi that I never would have expected. I visited Biloxi when we were traveling full-time. I mentioned that in the episode. And I remember thinking, you know, there wasn't a lot of wave action. It was what we call chocolate milk here in my area. The water was kind of dark. And thinking back, I was like, man, I don't know how surf fishing in Biloxi would be. But then these guys come on and they tell me about, oh, well, you just kind of do this and this. And you'll get out of that water and you'll be in the clean water. If I would have walked out, who knew? I would have got... I could have been in prime territory. Prime territory so much that they're catching great speckled trout. And I love speckled trout. It is a great fight and delicious fish. But these guys are crushing it. And that whole episode, they broke it down on how the steps that they do, how they're doing it, what they do. They told you about it on their YouTube channels too. They're like, hey, go check these out. I follow them on social media now. but and Well, I have been for a while actually. But I'm following them. And I'm watching them still do the things that they were talking about on the show and the success that they're having. So that tells me right there, like, all right, cool. Go to Mississippi. Boom. We got something we can get with. We're going to get some fish when we go out there. I do have a road trip coming up to Mississippi here soon. That's for an episode that uh, I'm not going to tell you all about yet because I need to finish the details. But I am going out to Mississippi to interview a team and hopefully get on some fish while we're out there. But that episode really focused me on remembering all the things that we've talked about on every episode. How to move in the water, what to look for, pay attention to this, maybe you got to move to here, do all these things, and you're going to be successful. Just that episode alone reminded me of that, and it was great, because I know confidently I can go to Mississippi now, throw a rod out, and catch some fish. That's good times right there. That's the, that's the goal, the win. I mean, I'm loving that idea. Moving from Mississippi, we went back to the Carolinas and we talked with Beach Bum Lures. Uh, I know I kind of misspoke on something I talked about because Beach Bum Lures and Go Fish Australia, which is the next episode we'll talk about here, uh, those two really pushed in a lot with throwing lures in the surf. And I was extremely surprised by not only the lures because I have some now and I've thrown them and I love them uh, I've had numerous hookups and I, I gotta do some reporting back on to you all on that but the methods that I was using before was basically setting me up to fail all the time when throwing lures I didn't really think about a lot of that stuff I didn't think about matching the hatch or you know starting to throw at 10 o'clock and move it over to two o'clock different site you know different ranges throwing it high speeds the speed was the biggest one that i picked up oh man i <laughs> that one was a huge mind melt for me that spanish love high speed and you know blues they like a little bit slower but you, you just throw it out there and these fish are going to go after it those pieces right there were knowledge that i'm sure i probably could have found on youtube had i you know just did a search for throwing lures in the surf uh, I had gone out with another charter captain that throws lures. Man, maybe I'd have known that a little bit better. Maybe if I'd have paid attention to Bama Beach Bum's videos a little bit more. I see he's always throwing lures in the surf. But I hadn't really dug into things like that. I never really was like, oh, this is how you do it. Okay. After that episode, 
with beach bum lures man it it's just really changed the game for me and i'm super super thankful to you tim for that because i know if it helped me i know it helped somebody else there's no way it didn't his lures are great quick shipping he just got some new ones made uh, i saw that on facebook not too long ago those things are great <laughs> they're fast they're shiny they look good they hook up well but i'm very new i guess you will in that part of the world when it comes to throwing lures in the surf and i'm feeling really confident every time i go out that whole episode really just brought it home for me to go like okay this is what we need to do, and this is what we're going to do. And we did it. The part that goes with that now, too, is moving in discussion of kayaks. Throwing lures in my kayak when I take it out, whether I'm trawling or dropping off the bottom, however it may be, all these pieces came together. And the puzzle's just getting better and better, and the picture's looking better. We're just doing building blocks, like I've said in other episodes. Taking the knowledge that somebody gave, using it, eventually adapting it to whatever we need and how we do things and then testing its success. If it works, great. If it doesn't, okay, adjust. Don't fail. You just continue to move, learn, make yourself better, faster, stronger, smarter, all those things. After talking with Tim, we went international, our very, very first international episode. And talking with Go Fish Australia really made me get my travel itch right back into front and center vision. I, I just need to hit Powerball because <laughs> I really want to go down there now to go fish. The idea of fishing with the Aborigine tribe or going out to an island that's not really inhabited and fishing, is it just sounds perfect. It sounds like so much fun. But then he took it another step. He talked about throwing lures again. I'm not trying. This isn't a lure episode. Just stay with me on the train here. Sorry. He's the one that told me about the moving it from left to right in a clock. Um, I'd earlier said it was uh, Beach Bone Lures that said that. Uh, I went back and re-listened to the episodes. I realized, oh, I was off there. Ever since that... Uh, that's what I've done now. I've started on one section. I aim over in the direction, and I throw from uh, wherever I am. I'll throw from 10 to 2. Uh, it has kind of helped me out because I haven't seen a ton of blow-ups, but I've been able to hook up on a bunch of fish in doing that because I was throwing into the different columns. Uh, that was actually something that was recently brought up in the Myrtle Beach Surf Fishing Adventures episode with throwing his lines and how he does it. It's the exact same concept here with the lures. So throwing them out there, getting them at different speeds to bring it back, depending on what you're targeting, that all made a difference. So when I went out, I used a couple of different rods for my lure day. One of them was the seven foot dagger that uh, I've been using a little bit inshore and a little bit on boats. But I decided to bring it out to the surf and give it a shot. I really, I wasn't sure about it because I was like, man, a seven-footer is really not going to cast what I wanted to cast. I should really bring my nine-footer, and I did bring the nine-footer, and I have used the nine, and I've also used the over-the-bar ten for this. In doing all of that, I realized that each rod 
though we know it has its different purpose. Each rod was great in throwing, but the reels is where I needed to do better. So I have three different reels on each one of those rods. And that's just, you know, the nature of my curious nature as to, hey, what is this reel good for? What is this reel good for? How fast is this one? Do I need more drag? In the end, now I've looked at those and I realize, okay, if these are going to be lure rods, I need something a little bit different. I need something for speed. Now, the downside of that is it means I got to take all the current reels off except for one and maybe move to one specific company brand and then go from there and utilize that. That way the speed is the same, the feel is the same. I know a lot of people that do that. Uh, I know Justin does it from Justin Reed Fishing. We're always out there. He's got almost the exact same reels on every rod. Paul Vanslet, uh, we talked to him a while ago in his episode, and I've fished with him several times, and he has the same thing. Every rod is the same reel. He has the same feel for each thing. So when he's out there, he doesn't have to look and go, oh, I remember this rod, this reel, this does this. That's his reason for his matching. It's instantaneous for him. It's muscle memory. For me, I have to look and go, okay, I know which one this is. I have to think for a half a second um, when it comes to other rods. But when it's the lure rod, I know that I need to do something to get the speed up. So moving into that realm is it's in the near future uh, as things progress and grow. And if my business still stays successful like it has so far, uh, at least I'll have some money to eventually start being able to buy those reels and putting them on the rods and going from there. But all that together, the seven-foot dagger did wonderful. Uh, the feel was great. The speed was perfect on the Vanford that I have uh, on there, and I loved it. Nine-foot, same thing. Throws great. Really, really enjoy that with the pen conflict, too. Uh, and that has always been a great reel for me. I need to make some adjustments to it here soon, but that's my own. Hey, Bri, don't forget about that thing. But I really enjoy it because it makes it lightweight. And then on the 10 foot over the bar, same thing. Got a good reel, but I need something faster. So all that together with lures, loving it, loving, loving what I've learned. And I'm hoping that all that together has made you successful as well while doing that. After going to Australia, we went to Kids Can, Fan, Kids Can Fish Foundation. I am in just utter shock and awe, I guess it is, about the great things that they're doing for kids. Uh, we, You've heard me talk about it numerous times, if you follow me on social media, about how much I love fishing with my daughter, Abby, and, and any other kids that are out there. I'm always like, yeah, hey, reel it in. Have at it. If a kid's walking by here in the area with uh, you know their parents that are here on vacation, if I get a bite, hey, you want to reel it in? That thrill for them, they're the future of the angler world getting them interested, having them engage. That's so awesome. And Kids Can Fish Foundation is bringing that to life for so many kids that can't do that. You know, they're building this great program for camps for these kids to come out. And if you got to listen to the episode, you heard about the young man, young man that had the need for a wheelchair. So he could get out to the, you know, get out to the beach and all those pieces, and with his family, and they raised money and they did that. That's huge. I mean, that sort of thing right there is just life changing, not only for him but his family. 
knowing there's a foundation out there that's going to do something like that for you is amazing. It's really great. It truly is. And their mission is still growing. Their plans are uh, throughout this year. We're still going to that fishing tournament here in Georgia. I'm really excited for that. I know Abby's very excited for it. She's never caught a bull red. We've all caught, well, she's caught slot, but we've never ran into a bull for her. So I'm extremely excited to jump all over that with her. And I'm going to report back. Obviously, I'll have some good things to say uh, about the tournament, I'm sure. Not to mention, report to you guys on how we did. Um, since I'm bringing my secret weapon known as Abby, uh, I have a feeling we're going to do okay. She's She seems to bring the luck uh, out there, so I'm excited. And then the most recent episode, we went up to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and talked with uh, Myrtle Beach Surf Fishing Adventures, LLC, and had a blast learning about how he does things there in the Myrtle Beach area. Now, Myrtle is a beautiful spot. Uh, I, I've been there, I think, once, maybe twice in my life. Uh, and I do remember it's a ton of houses. Knowing that there's a guide there that knows the little tips and tricks on, hey, let's go here. That's some good intel right there. Not to mention a great way to make sure that your trip goes successfully. All those pieces that these episodes are bringing you, I'm hoping are helping you plan your vacations for you know, winter break, fall break, spring break, summer, all these next ones. We have so many different episodes with different charter captains in different regions. It's only there to make things better for you. So hopefully, that's working. Hopefully, you get to go out there and do that. So let's talk a little bit about the seasonal change. Right now, our water temperature is finally coming down, which means the fall run is going to start probably in a couple more months. We're still kind of warm here. If you go back to the Spencer Brogdon episode, Broken Rail 23, he talks about his historical data on water temperatures, month, moon phases, all these things that he's been tracking, and he's also been able to find from the local peers and all this information from other anglers over time. He has a game plan installed for when he goes fishing. That's the same thing that any of us can do, really. So in this area, I know from my records um i know that we had sally a couple years ago change the beach up cool okay but i know that i caught my first red a couple weeks after that in september i know in october we call it red october for a reason the reds are going to start coming into the surf so i need to start being ready for that that being said the pompano are still here the whiting bite has exploded that's got real great but i've been paying a lot more attention to navarre pier People out there catching a lot of different fish further, you know, from the surf zone all the way to the octagon. And they've just been reporting back on kings, Spanish, cobias, all these different species. Now we're going to have a bonita run pretty soon. You'll start hearing about that. Uh, all these things that they're going to report and other anglers are reporting are important to listen to because that helps you with your game plan. So for me... I know I'm going to be primarily at the beach throwing into the water and having my days. But I know how I normally fish. So I'd like to normally go heavier because I don't like toothy critters biting me off and I'm getting angry about it. The bluefish are running rampant right now. Uh, the Spanish are out there too. They're not really going to go after just set rigs as much. They prefer the hunt from my limited experience with them. 
I have caught them on a double drop before, but again, you're normally throwing lures. Knowing the the season is getting into this one, I'm changing up my rig into a Carolina rig style. So I'm going to still maintain my braid to my shock leader. I tie those up um, on an FG, and that way I get seamless through the guides. I get about 10, 15 feet of uh, mono or fluoro, depending on what I'm planning on here. I've got it on a couple different rods for testing reasons to talk to you about uh, in the episode further down the road after that that's where i'm going to connect my either three-way swivel that i got from ninja tackle or i'm going to do a regular swivel that you see how we normally utilize in the surf one of the snap swivels uh, and i'm going to put my little sinker right there and then i'm going to drop off to about 10 maybe 15 pounds of fluoro uh, carbon liter i'm probably going to do about a foot and a half maybe two feet and I'm downsizing my hook this year. I'm dropping it down to, I think, about a size 6 is what I've been tying up lately. The reason for that is I've not had the amount of success that I thought I would with my standard double drop rigs. And that goes from anywhere from 20-pound fluoro all the way up to 35-pound fluoro. Big hooks, small hooks, floats, beads, naked, all that together. I'm having some success, but I've noticed I'm having a little bit more success on my Carolina rigs lately. If you go back even further into the episodes, you'll find an episode with Real 30A. Blake had mentioned how he fishes with his bank sinkers. He throws it out there and lets the current kind of move it around, gets it to that nice spot where the current or where the rip is maybe, and it sits it down right there. It's the same thought process. All that together should put me in a position where I should be able to get more hookups and more fish. Now, the smaller on that line, I'm not really worried about it. I used to really be concerned about test, pound, all that stuff. But I'm not monstering in big fish on these little hooks. I can. We've all done it. We've found the surprise red drum, uh, bull red. I mean, you've seen people catch them on brunt rods. Pretty cool to see that. It's all about that drag manipulation, right? Well, the same thing out here. If I throw a 10-pound out and I catch a red, okay, I just got to be patient. But that 10 to 15-pound that I'm going to use is going to work for the other species as well. Pompano, whiting, it'll hold for a blue as long as I get the pin right and I don't get stuck in his mouth. <laughs> Mangrove snapper, which if you guys hadn't seen the video from Justin Reed Fishing, him and I went out into the evening and we caught mangrove snapper from the surf, which is still amazing to me. I still can't believe that that happened. Very, very, very cool and <laughs> extremely exciting. But downsizing this tackle, I think, is going to increase the hookups. With that, <laughs> that also depends on your water clarity. Now, we know for our area here in Navarre, I do know that when it starts turning into chocolate milk and dirty and ugly, I know that I'm going to be in catfish haven. It is what it is. Be ready for that. That small hook is still going to do the same thing. It's still going to hook up and get in there. So bycatches are going to happen. You just got to be ready for it. With downsizing that, 
also comes from the shock leader, I know that I can throw out lighter double drop rigs because the shock leader is going to prevent me from snapping off my Sputnik when I throw it. That being said, don't put 15 pound on and then try to throw a 5 ounce sinker. The math still doesn't work out like that. You're probably going to break it. So it's still on the what weight ratio is going to work. Um, I'm probably going to throw in the 15s. And with a 15, I'm probably going to throw a 3 ounce more than likely. Uh, I'm going to do it kind of gently at first, get a feel for it and make sure it's good. I have whip casted them and I have had success. I've also had breakoffs, but more success than breakoffs. I'm also going to fall back into my braid. I am notoriously lazy, <laughs> and I will admit that, about flipping my braid around or rechecking it. I have a tendency to not notice things uh, like that. But I paid more attention to it this summer as I was fishing because I had time when I was reeling in. Uh, I started paying more attention to my braid. And I was finding nicks and cuts and breaks. And that's, you know gonna happen it's not invincible i wish it was but fishing line is not invincible it's gonna start fraying it's gonna start giving so i am gonna make some adjustments to my braid if i need to cut off a section i'll cut off a section i'll tie it back up if i need to or i'll re-spool with new braid and you know recycle the other stuff and get rid of it that way it's you know not gonna end up somewhere get somebody or get a bird sick or anything like that but I'm going to keep my braid at the same strength that I always do and maintain the rest for my shock leader down to my bait and lines. But I am going to downsize that side. So with the spring, or sorry, with the fall coming up, I'm really excited for fishing. But I know I need to change my tactics. I'd love to hear what your plans are for changing your tactics. That's going to be, uh, I know everybody does it differently with your regions, so... Tell us all about it, how you're going to change your stuff up. Only makes everybody better by sharing the knowledge. All that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I appreciate everything that you all have done for me. It's because of you that I'm here. It's because of you that I haven't quit. It's because of you that I have constant drive to talk to these captains, to find people to talk to and get their knowledge out there to share. All of that has been an absolute blast and a blessing every way I've turned. And again, it's all thanks to you, y'all. I'm not going to stop. The episodes are going to continue. The show will go on. I'll have more captains for you here soon. We've got some good stuff coming up from Nova Scotia. Yep, we're going up north. Had some seriously cool talks with them. Got some more stuff here in Florida, off to the east coast side. Still working on Texas. That's uh, That's been a fun one to try to crack into. The Carolinas were good. Delaware, a couple more there. But I do want to try to get you out to the West Coast. See if we can't find something in Oregon and Washington as well. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And I appreciate you just being here. So thank you so much for that. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surfishing. I'll see you all next week. I'm out. <laughs>